You're listening to The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome, everybody, to the Right to Be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. So today's show, we're going to focus on the transformation we as Catholics get during Lent. We'll discuss how we need to take certain steps during the season in order to transform ourselves. We'll talk about the three pillars of Lent and how, if done right, it leads to this transformation in our lives. When when researching this topic, I, I... oftentimes came across the same exact theme. And the theme of Lent, I believe that God is telling all of us is to follow the ultimate commandment, which is love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the whole theme of Lent. If you really look into it and what we're doing during Lent, that's where it's pointing to. The Bible quote for the episode comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 17 to 18, which goes, But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by men, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So in order to help me with this topic, in order to, you know, give his professional opinion on all what we're going to talk about. Um, I would like to introduce a good friend of mine. Well, I call him a good friend of mine. I don't know if I'm his good friend, but I'm, he's my good friend, uh, Jeff Kassab. Jeff, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, Sean. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. You know, I'm not going to lie. Got... I wouldn't call you my good friend, but I mean, we're okay, friends. just friend. We're yeah, friends, I'm right? Gonna, I'm not going to lie during life. No, he's not going to lie, right? I, I consider you a good friend. I'm just your friend. I, I think one of your good friends... Um, and it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to talk about him. Uh, you guys usually hear Jeff. If you guys listen to uh, Jeff, you listen to his uh, podcast, which is called The Catholic Avengers. Jeff is a subdeacon. He has a podcast. He's a public speaker. He does it all, guys. Everything for the glory of God. Jeff, you know, that's amazing. Amen. I do love that. Amen. Uh, but uh, like I said, he, Jeff has a podcast called The Catholic Avengers. So I, I said I'll bring Jeff on because him and his co-host, uh, we'll talk about them in a minute, but they often uh, mention the right to be Catholic. So I said, Jeff, why not just come on the podcast and we'll talk about, you know, with each other. Um, normally, if you guys do listen to the right to be or to the Catholic Avengers, you hear Jeff with a, another gentleman with a higher, squeakier voice named Pilar. I love how uh, Jeff, I love how Pilar tries to sound like he knows how to speak Chaldean. But when he does certain words, I'm like, man, that's all messed up. Like. Keep trying, man. We still love you. Look, I mean, if you brought me on this show to talk about my co-host, I mean, I, I, no, I, can't I just talk wanted to bring it up. I just I mean, wanted to bring I'm not it up really quick. Co-host. I mean, whether he knows Chaldean or not, he never claims to know Chaldean. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't okay. say I know Chaldean and tries to talk it. So in right. his defense, you know, I mean, I don't want you to think I'm going to come on and just turn against him just because I'm on your show. Because you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that. If you brought him on your show, you'd expect him to turn against me. Well, hundred percent, I would. Hundred percent. Yeah, we know how you are, Sean. Yeah, hundred so, percent. But I mean, he's no. got some faults. He's got some faults, but you know, yeah, we all do. Well, we don't have time for all of those. You know what I mean? What we're here to talk about <laughs> is Lent. So, you know, you and I were talking earlier about um, our Lent specifically, like you know, yours and mine, and I had mentioned how 
you know, myself, uh, you know, I had all these wonderful things planned. I had them written out, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray this many prayers per day. This is what I have my, you know, my fasting. I want to do some almsgiving. And to be honest with you, life, you know, it takes you in multiple different directions. You know, I, I, I am fasting. I, I am trying my best to stay on top of my prayers. But like, for example, you know, I, I started this thing three years ago where I said, I, you know, I put a whole bunch of names in a, in a bowl and every day I'd pick a name out and I'd say a rosary for them. The first year I was really strong. The second year I started dwindling down. And this year, I think I maybe prayed like one or two. It, wow. it, 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 it gets to us, right? Yeah. 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 And unfortunately, you know, um, the, the, the busyness of life and of work and all this gets in our way. But really the, the point of Lent is to kind of, is kind of to, to detach us from that life, right? So somehow we need to, if we wanted to do, you know, some people like, for example, I, one year I said, well, I'm going to add prayer. These, I'm going to do this during Lent. You know, and it took it, sometimes it takes a week or so to adjust, but you got to figure out what time of the day you want to do these things. Because if you're going to add your prayer, add a rosary that you never do, if you're going to, I'll do it at night. You know, if you're going to do things at night when you're tired from the day, trust me, you're not going to get it done. Or you're going to do it and then you're going to fall asleep. And then one day you're tired. One day you're this. One day you got kids. You know, it's just too much. You got to figure out the time of day you know, early in the morning, maybe when you wake up or, you know, at, during breakfast to, to take that time to do your whatever Lenten practice or that you wanted to do. Um, and I think it's all about timing, but Lent is meant to detach ourselves. And it's for us to come up with an excuse, like say, you know, we're busy with the world. It's just the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing for Lent. You know, right. I'm myself, I'm, I fall into that trap myself also. So, I think it's a, a lot of it is about timing of the day when to do these things. That's very important. You know, uh, when this episode comes out, we'll still have about a good two weeks of Lent. And yeah. what I want our listeners to realize is it's okay that if you haven't been doing the best right now, God doesn't look at this. He doesn't have a scorecard and say like, oh, Jeff only did uh, two yeah. and a half weeks of Lent. That's not good enough. It, he yeah. listens to our heart. So we'll go into that in a moment. But one thing I did want to bring up, and I I did actually go over this last year around the same time when we had our uh, Lent episode. And I remember Jeff actually called me out. He called me on the phone. And he said, Sean, um, are we in the Lenten or Lentil season? I'm like, man, I did say that. Remember that, Jeff? I remember I kept that. I on saying yeah. Lentil instead of Lenten. And I don't know why I did that. I remember, I remember you're like, Sean, is it the Lenten or lentil? I'm like, oh man. Then I had to go back and listen. I'm like, good God, I did do that, didn't I? So, I so this year, right. <laughs> remember that? So yeah. this year I, I, I like highlighted, I wrote down, I said, Lenten, Lenten, not lentil, right? Lentil soup. We eat lentil soup during lunch. So it sort of, it sort of evens out, right? Yeah, I guess it goes with it, I guess. <laughs> no, oh but, my God. Yeah. But I, I knew you would remember that. So, but, but something that we did mention last year that I think is uh, worth mentioning again on this episode, because we're the right to be Catholic, uh, as Chaldean Catholics, we celebrate Lent differently than the, than, than the Latin rite. Not that one is right or wrong, but as Chaldean Catholics, as Eastern Rite Catholics, we look at it as a more joyful season. 
because of the transformation that we are trying to make in ourselves, which leads to the ultimate transformation, which is the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. So yes. I thought that's something that we should be mentioning, you know, on, on yeah. this podcast as well. You know, if you, um, if you, if you don't come out of Lent after Lent is over, if you're not transformed, then honestly, your Lent was not as fruitful as it should be. If you're going into, if you're going, when you're going into Lent and whatever you're, um, whatever you're, you did, you gave up or, you know, if you gave up meat or if you gave up this or, or whatever you did, you know, if you come out of Lent and you're the same person you were 40 days ago, then honestly, your, your Lent was not as fruitful as it really should have been. Lent is meant to transform you, not just for those 40 days, but to come out of Lent and to continuously for yes. the rest of the year. If you're going to add a rosary to your Lent, well, if you're just going to do that for 40 days, I mean, we, you know, okay, it's got some fruits during it, but it's meant for you to continue. So this way, if you do it throughout the year, then maybe next year you'll add a divine mercy or you'll add another rosary or you'll go to scripture. So it's not just say, well, man, you know, every Lent I'm going to add a rosary and you're done. Honestly, it's that's not, not the meaning of Lent. You know, yeah. that, I don't know. It needs to be a transformation. You're right. You know, it's it's crazy because a lot of times Catholics, I, I, I've I've been victim to this too. I mean, I don't know if you have or not, but like we're like, oh, Lent's coming up, man. It's like, it's like a burden. Like I have to give up something. I gotta I gotta start praying more. I got you know, like when we approach Lent in that way, right yeah. from the start, we're gonna fail. It should be like, yeah. wow, okay, this is my time to show God, you know, like I'm ready, I'm pumped for this season to show him how much yeah. I love him. And like how you said, it should be a it should be a growing experience in our life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, yeah. when Jesus fasted, when Jesus before his public ministry, he fasted for 40 days and nights on bread and water. Do you think he was miserable? No, he actually was preparing himself for mission. He's preparing himself to go out to preach the good news. And in a way, we're preparing ourselves for mission. You know, 40 days is done. We're out there. You know, if you're, if you, you, know, you said you want, you were maybe doing some more charity work. Charity work is not for 40 days. Huh. Charity work, there's homeless people out there. There's people that need help the whole year. So you're actually preparing yourself for mission just like Christ was cannot be miserable. It's got to be something fruitful and that you're happy to do it. It should be like a Kickstarter in your life. Like, all right, let me, yeah. like, like, like ignites you during Lent. So, yeah. you know, um, Father Brian or Father Pierre, I, I was telling you earlier, they said this mm -hmm. during mass and I thought it was really good. They said, if you don't take the time out of your day, every single day to, to set aside time to, to deepen in your faith, to strengthen your relationship with God, you shouldn't really be calling yourself Catholic because right now in the busy world, Jeff, the other day you and I were talking, you're like, dude, man, one of my employees didn't show up and I'm here yeah. and we're stuck. And I was telling you, man, you know, it's been crazy at work, but we focus so much time on those things. Do we yeah. actually focus our time on building our relationship with God? And I think that Lent is something that we, that helps us focus on that, like stay on track. So that yeah. was how you said, even after Lent, yeah. I am prepared and ready to go. 
Yeah. I think we all fall short. All of us, we all fall short of, of spending that time daily with God. So it's something that we, it's a journey. It's something that we've been working on until right. the rest of our lives, man, you know, every day. And that's a good yeah. thing. And that's a good, you know, and he knows never, that we're going to fall. Yeah. 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 Never stop. Just even if you continue every day and say, tomorrow's another day, I'll get better and better. And that's the journey in the Christian life is to seek holiness daily until the Lord calls us home. Amen to that. So the ultimate question I think all of our listeners should be asking themselves, and hopefully that we'll be able to answer this by the end of the episode, is have you recently changed your life during this Lenten season? And if you haven't, it's okay. Like we said, you still have time. God is not keeping score. So, Jeff, let's go into the three pillars of Lent. What are the three pillars of Lent, Jeff? Yeah, so um, as it says in Scripture, it's uh, fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. And, you know, these are... They're actually pillars of our whole lives. We should be fasting throughout the year. You know, we're almsgiving throughout the year, prayer throughout the year. But this is a specific time during Lent where we really focus on these three things. So let's take them apart. The first one, fasting. And when I think of fasting, the Bible quote that came to me when I was uh, thinking about fasting comes from Luke chapter 6, verse 21, where God said, where Jesus said, blessed are you who hunger now for you will be filled. That was beautiful because, you know, when we think about fasting, the first thing we think about is what? Giving up food. Yeah. Right. But, but what is truly fasting? Why do we need to do it? Yeah. So, um, honestly, um, for me, for me, fasting is, I always try to find something to detach me from this world. I think that's very important and fasting detaches you, but we're so, I mean, especially as Chaldeans, like we're so addicted to food. Our social gatherings revolve around food. Everything we do, dinner, every time we go out, it's always, where do you want to go to eat? Where are we going? You know, like our our life revolves around food. And, you know, food's a gift from God. We need it for nourishment. But I think we splurge on it so much that, you know, when you, when sometimes when you fast and you're like, you know, it's only sometimes you fast just for a day, like it's a Friday, and you go crazy because you can't have meat. Hold That's on, ridiculous! I don't have <laughs> steak on Friday, but I'm going to order sushi and order salmon, yeah, and it's right? going to be better than a steak. Yeah, actually, that's not even fasting, really. Right, exactly, that fasting means you know you 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 um you eat You're- one meal a day, you know, and then that meal should be just enough to get you by for the day. And that doesn't huh. necessarily mean fasting from me. It means fasting from meals. You know, that's another thing. Like you said, man, okay, you're not going to have steak, but you know, sushi, sometimes it's, if you're a seafood lover, sushi is better than steak. What do you mean? I love both. Sometimes I mean, there's certain yeah. sushis that are amazing, but you know, I think yeah. a lot of times people mistake when they think of fasting, they think I have, to, I have to give up just food. That's enough, but you can fast from other things. It's that giving up of yourself. It's that tiny suffering that we do throughout Lent for the love of God, right? To, to try. Yeah. It's actually how we were talking about earlier. It's preparing us for something else, right? So to me personally, when I think about fasting, it's not just food. Uh, it could be fasting from doing something that we're, we, we normally do. For example, I mean, you don't know this about me, Jeff, but anybody else listening to this that knows me knows I have terrible, terrible road rage. 
right? Like if you cut me off, if you cut me off on the highway, man, and I used to drive downtown all the time, you know, when, when we were pre COVID days, you know what I mean? And I remember my, my wife, if she's ever in the car, she knows she's like, you don't have to drive up to them. You don't have to look at them in the face. I'm like, I have yeah. to do it. They have yeah. to know what's going on. But like something like something as stupid as that, yeah. giving up next time someone cuts me off, giving that up, like that small, like it's, 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 and it, it, for me, it's a fasting. It's like, I'm dying to myself, but I'm doing it for the greater glory, something like that, or hitting yeah. snooze in the morning, getting up and praying instead of hitting snooze 8,000 times in the morning that we all do Yeah, those little things. Yeah. Giving up, giving up something you love or something you're addicted to or something that, you know, you can't do without or, or something habitual. These yeah. are types of, these are types of fasting, you know, and there's, they come in many forms and shapes, but it's all up. It's all on you. You know, you need to discern and pray and say, what do I need to fast from? Not something easy, but something that will detach you. Fasting is fasting is there to make you get closer and grow into a relationship with Christ. And I will always go back to Jesus fasting for 40 days. He did it because it, it detached him from the world. I mean, I'm sure he could have stayed in Nazareth and fasted. But look, yeah. he goes somewhere in the desert where there's nobody, there's no people, there's no accommodations, there's no room and board, there's no food. So he detaches himself from the world and goes and fasts to start his mission. You know, I think you said you said it beautifully and you made me think about um, the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. I think that's part of the fasting that we do. And you said detaching ourselves from the world and only hungering for God himself, because that's what yeah. we truly satisfy, truly filled. You know, yeah. another thing that fasting, I believe, does for us as Catholics is it helps us fight other temptations. If I can resist and fasting from whatever it is that I am fasting from, then I can resist this next temptation, this next sin. And if I train myself to do so, it will help me on my journey. Don't you yeah, agree? Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, you know, again, these three pillars, they're, they're just made for us to grow in holiness yeah. as, as we go this journey. I don't, I, I don't, I recommend them not just for Lent. They should be something done throughout the year prayer is it should be a daily part of your life we'll talk about that in a minute yeah but <laughs> some people don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah some people don't think of fasting well you know the church says i don't have to fast on friday well okay that's not what it's about you know it's about uh, giving up something for god once a week or maybe twice a week you know yeah. throughout the year i mean look we you know there's a little bit of a food shortage everybody's panicking you know, there's countries where people don't eat all year long. They, they're in lines for bread and flour and eggs. And here we got a couple of shortages. And I'm the first one to say, my wife, the basement is packed. I mean, you can, we can live for a year. You know, like, I, so we all <laughs> <fall> <laughs> ahlam, man. Bed, I feel know? bad for Ahlam. She's probably like, Jeff, uh, we have a mini grocery store in our basement. <laughs> I'm serious, no, man. But, but you know, <laughs> Another great point right now that was mentioned that you just said, there are people all over the world that don't have anything. You know, you said, oh, we don't eat steak on Friday. There are some people that haven't ate steak or meat all year. And I think yeah. during this time when you are fasting, think of that. Hey, you know what? Yeah. 
my small suffering right now is a reminder to me to, again, detach myself from this world to think, yeah. look how blessed I am in my life that I can freely give up this. Not, yeah. not, not that I have no choice in giving it up. Yeah. You know, Offer up uh, that little, that little suffering for that one day you're suffering. Yep. Offer it up for someone that's not going to eat today. And there's thousands right. and thousands of kids Unfortunately, that are not eat today. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're right. You know, uh, the last thing I want to bring up with fasting is um, one of our one of our church fathers, our early church fathers, and uh, uh, his name was Saint Basil the Great. Uh, obviously, Jeff, I know, I know you probably know yeah. about him. He's actually, yeah, yeah. From, I think, he's Eastern Rite. He Eastern, was, um, yeah. yeah, he is Eastern Rite. He, he was uh, a bishop around like, around the late 300 AD. Mm-hmm. He was from mm-hmm. like uh, Asia Minor, which is now Turkey, obviously. And he said this. He said something beautiful about fasting. He said. Since we did not fast, we fell from paradise. Let us now fast so we can go back. And how beautiful yeah. is that? He talked oh, about Adam beautiful. and Eve, right? Yeah. And so let yeah. us not forget the, the first fast. They didn't fast. And yeah. look what happened. They fell from paradise. Let us yeah. not all fall from paradise and go, go back to the paradise that God has prepared for us. Amen. Beautiful. So the, the, the second pillar is almsgiving. And a lot of times, Jeff, when you hear almsgiving, what's the first thing you think about? I have to give up what? Uh, money. Money, right. Everyone I, have like, money. Oh, <laughs> I, I have to give up money, right? And people yeah. always think, oh, man, I have to give up my money. I worked hard for this. Why do I have to give it to the church or to the poor? This and that. You know, why is that my concern? Well, it is because, you know, that's part of if we wanted to give up ourselves. And you said it before, it detaches us. When you yeah. give, when you give up yourself or this almsgiving, right? It could be money. It could yeah. be something else. People often confuse the two. You don't have to give up money all the time. Um, right now, uh, you know, we're doing this podcast. It's it's a giving of our time. Uh, sure. When Jeff, when you do uh, a talk in church or Bible studies, I'm sure yeah. you know that's you giving up your time from your yeah. family, and you do that, which is amazing. That's what we're what we're called to do. But but yeah. I, what what one thing I will say that giving up of money does do for us it detaches us from the material world and it allows us to say hey I'm not going to worship this money that I made because yeah. it's it's here now and it's gone tomorrow and yeah. um, you know I'm I, I'm thinking of others I don't need material things I can give those things up and again like how you said it's a small suffering that we do yeah. Man, this so so many good points there, and you know, obviously, if almsgiving wasn't important, I don't think Jesus would have made it one of the three pillars. So obviously, there's some importance to it. But one thing I learned, and um, I'm going to have to say, Kalar was a big a big help in my transformation as far as um, almsgiving. Um, and he said to me one day, because I was always I was almsgiving, but never to what. I should have been like, I wasn't at my 10%. I wasn't at always afraid to give because I had bills. I don't have enough for this, but you know, Pilar said to me, um, Jeff, God can never be outdone in generosity. And I tell you when he told me that the next, that week I donated my, my 10% and the Lord has just opened up so many doors. He's been so generous in everything in my life lately. And it's because I trusted in him. I trusted my finances with him. I trusted, left everything in his hands. Lord, you know, um, you know, he, he won't abandon us. So 
Um, if we're, I like what you said about detaching ourselves from the material goods. Anytime that I, I, I truly believe that if somebody comes up to you at any time and says, can I have this something that belongs to you? If you can't detach yourself from that item, that's a problem. You, you had a problem. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm not saying give up your house and don't have no roof over your head. Something like that. No, not, that's not really what I mean, but it's kind of the point of the thing is if you can't detach yourself from the goods of this world, then you are attached to them. And that's, would, that's wrong. You know, not what we're aiming to do here in, in the faith. You know, you, you're going to know this Bible quote better than I am, but cause I'm going to mess it up. But didn't uh, a rich man come up to Jesus one time and ask him, like, you know, Lord, how, how do I inherit the kingdom of heaven? He said, give up everything you got and follow me. He's like, uh, I can't do that because he was attached. Yeah, yeah he couldn't do it. He, he said, I'm doing all these things. I love my neighbor. I this, that. And what do I got to do? He said, you know, like you said, you know, drop everything and follow me. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't, he walked away. He walked away sad. That's I mean, true. That's, it does that, say that. That's sad. That's sad. Yeah. You know, and I think many of us fall into that category. Many of us do. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I myself have the same thoughts that you did. Like, hey, you know, I, I, need to, I need to take care of my family. I need to pay this. I need to do that. But that was yeah. actually good. I, I mean, I hate giving credit to him, but that was a good one that Pilar said. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's good yeah. for some things. I He's sometimes. Guess you know, sometimes. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I think the main message for almsgiving is just have a giving heart. That's it. Yeah. And I agree with what you said. I, a priest once told me, I, I was in confession one time. I said, Father, I don't give enough. I don't give enough almsgiving. He said, your time, things you do is part of almsgiving. So yeah. always take that into consideration. Your times, your talents, things you do for the church, uh, volunteering. All these are a type of almsgiving or a type of tithe, which, which, um, so don't, don't, uh, underestimate, um, those also. Yeah. I don't want people to think that if I don't give up money, then that, that's not yeah. good enough. You know what I mean? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to give that wrong idea there. No. So the last pillar, which I think is one of the most important ones is prayer. And, yeah. you know, they always tell us during Lent, you should be praying. You should be doing this, you know, going to church. But let me ask you a question, Jeff. Shouldn't we be praying every single day anyways? <laughs> I mean, you're married. How long are you married for now? Six years. Seven, six years. Six years? Yeah. Um, I'm going on 32, right? That's it. We both knew. Yeah, that's it, man. We both know if you don't talk to your wife every day or and you're not going mean, to have what kind of what kind of relationship are you going to have with your wife or with your kids? Jeff, I mean, if I don't if ask her how her day is going one day, she's yeah. like, you didn't ask me how my day was going. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. And and it, so it's it's the same concept with God. If we don't have that daily conversation with him, the, the you know, give him our struggles, give him our, our worries, our anxieties, our joys. You know, there's no relationship with him. I mean, if I only talk to God when I need him, I mean, I got it's, it's so bad. I mean, I, I really, and it, it's okay to talk to him when you need him, but you got to have a deal. You got to have a personal relationship with him. You need prayer in your life. I, you know, I can't stress how much I, I agree with you on that. But like, I always tell like uh, friends or family, like, hey, you listen, are, are we close? And they're like, yeah, of course we are. I'm like, if I only call you when I need something, are we going to continue to be close? They're like, no, then you're only using me. Exactly. I tell yeah. them. Yeah. And that's, I think a lot of times yeah. when we as Catholics do uh, with God, we only, we only go to him 
when things get rough. And I think sometimes that's why God allows sometimes things to get rough for us. Like, okay, I need you back. Call me back. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Fortunately, you know, many Chaldeans have a good prayer life, but I, and we see that in our older generation, our parents, our grandparents, I think our aunts, we learned a lot from them, but I don't think the new, I don't think our generation is learning from us because I don't think we are people. I don't want to say we're not people of prayer. I just don't think it's priority in our life. I, I you know, know, you know, Jeff, I've had this talk with my wife. It's funny you said this, even with our older generation, the, I think our issue is not that we don't pray. It's that we don't teach others how to, or what to do. We do it for ourselves, but what good is it to just pray for ourselves? And that's it. Because like right now, Jeff, all the knowledge you have, you went to school, uh, you studied hard, you're, you're working on your master's right now for theology, correct? Yeah. All this you did. And if you're like, I just did it for myself and I'm not going to go talk to people and I'm not going to teach anybody. What's the good of that? Didn't Jesus say when you have a, a lamp or a light, you put it on top of the lampstand, you don't put it underneath. What is it? A bush or a table? He said, what's the point? Yeah. Right? If you don't let your light shine. I think, yeah. I think in our community, a lot of our older generation, you know what I'm saying? Even ourselves, they do pray. They do all these wonderful things. But if you don't show others the importance of it, there's no point. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, man, that's so, such good. That's very good points. I mean, if, if, if we're not letting, I would say, if we're not letting the light of Christ shine through us and through our gifts and through our talents and through um, our, our knowledge, then like you said, what good is it? I mean, so I went to school for, you know, I'm, I don't know, nine years now and, you know, we're kind of a big deal. If I'm not sharing it with people, if I'm not sharing the love of right. Christ, um, if we're not sharing and, and same thing with prayer. I mean, if we're not sharing our prayer life, if we're not praying for each other, man, I can't tell you how many times people have said I've prayed for you. And I've, I personally have actually felt the power of people's prayers. It's amazing. I mean, when I was going through cancer, when I was going through, I had other issues. I mean, so many people were praying for me. Honestly, you know, I was so comforted by just the words of people saying, Jeff, we prayed for you. Jeff, we, whether they did or not, just the comfort of yeah. the words are, are a beautiful thing. And I think prayer is, we under, honestly, Sean, we underestimate as Catholics, that we really understand the power of prayer. Yeah, It changes lives. It changes people. It changes countries. It changes so many things. And we underestimate it. Our Blessed Virgin Mary would not say pray for the conversion of Russia or pray for this. If prayer was not powerful when she powerful. appeared in Fatima, you know, someone wants, someone wants you, you know, I, I love you said this. Someone wants to ask me, you know, Sean, what's the point of uh, praying? Because if God wants to change it, he'll change it. What is my prayer going to do to change it? I'm like, it does a lot. Yeah. God yeah. hears your prayers. It's, yeah. it's not like he's going to be like, well, since they prayed, I'm going to change my mind, but he already knew, but he, he yeah. wants to hear us do that. He, he wants, wants yeah. us to come to it. You know, so I think the our during father, the, our father has seven, I think the, our father has, seven petitions in it. If you actually go through it and kind of break it down, there are seven petitions in there through the Our Father. We're asking God seven different things, right? Give us this day. Give us daily bread. You know, so we're Forgive our trespasses. For yeah, yeah. Forgive our trespasses. Seven petitions in the Our Deliver Father. Deliver us from evil. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so God wants us to ask. He wants 
you know, uh, petition prayers, you know, and nothing yeah. wrong with that. You know, I think during Lent, what 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 we should focus on with with prayer during Lent, it, it should intensify our prayer mm-hmm. life to get us, like how we said, ignite us. You know, uh, I always uh, I, I heard this a while back, and I loved it, and I always uh, think of it during Lent. We're preparing for like the big game. The our our Super Bowl is coming up. That Super yeah. Bowl is Easter. The only good yeah. news is if you're a betting man. You already know who won. That's yeah, the good yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think That's it's a preparation. Analogy. Yeah, it's a preparation. We should be intense. Anyways, in the Chaldean church, what do we call Lent or Easter? Eda Rabba. The Rabba, big, yeah. the big holiday. It's the big game, yeah. man. It's the biggest one. Without yeah. Easter, we have nothing. If, yeah, if Jesus yeah. Christ did not rise from the dead on the third day, he would be just some nice guy that did some miracles and he said a lot of prayers and it was a smart guy. That's it. That's Saint all Paul, he would be. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, if, if Christ did not resurrect from the dead, then our faith is in vain. Right. Everything exactly. we believe in Everything. is in vain. Everything. You know, you're still, you're still falling asleep in your sins. So the resurrection is the center of our faith. And without it, um, you know, it's just everything else is meaningless. So, right. and you have, you know, you have a bunch of, I see I, on our outline, you know, you have great examples of, of prayer, you know, stations right. of the cross and beautiful. Actually, I try to do stations of the cross. I'm not going to say all year, but you know, at least wow. throughout the year on a Friday, you know, I don't, I'm not great at it, but three, four times a year after Lent, I still, if I can remember on a Friday, just to randomly do the stations of the cross. You know, it's a great prayer to have. It kind of puts you in perspective of the passion, death, and resurrection. Of Take up your cross. Take up your yeah. cross and follow me. Right. That, that's exactly yeah. what I wrote. So I was going to ask you, Jeff, people always say like, hey, uh, Jeff, you know, you you go to church, you know, all these yeah. things. I don't do that kind of stuff. So how do I know how to pray? What should I do? And I, I, yeah. I all right, great. We have a whole list for you. You could go stations yeah. of the cross. You could read the Bible. You can talk to him, talk to him in private, talk to him in public. Don't be ashamed. Like my wife and I, I'm like, oh, babe, you want to do grace when we're at when we're restaurant? We'll, we'll bow our heads and pray. I don't care who's looking, right? It's yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I always try to find a way to fit him in. We'll be talking yeah. about like, you know, hey, let's go to Florida. You know, Jesus Christ, one time, you know, you have to try to fit him in every single time. Like it's, it's just great sunshine. Oh, he's the light of the world, guys. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But like, you know, you don't want to make it obviously like, um, Sure. Uh, like, you know, like, like you're, you're burdening people about it, but you always want to do that. Uh, yeah. Adoration. Okay. If you don't know how to pray, adoration is one of the best ways to start off. You know why oh, you do gosh. nothing. You just sit yeah. down and I, I actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to bring you up about adoration. I, I just listened to your uh, power of the Eucharist prayer yesterday. And you're mm. talking about how you were by like, no, no, nobody, nobody talked to me. Just, I want to bow yeah, my head. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know what? God is glad you're here. And that's yeah. true. Oh. That's so true. Because so many powerful experiences in adoration. Right. Adoration is beautiful. So if you don't know how to pray, start off there. Adoration. Yeah. Just, just go sitting sit down. In, you don't even sit have down. to do anything. Just sit in the presence of the Lord. That's it. Just sit, in, sit in his presence. And I promise you, he'll do the rest. He'll tell you what to say. He'll tell you to pick up the Bible. He'll tell you to do it. He'll tell you what to do. You yeah. just got to sit and listen to him. That's it. You're in his presence. I mean, Either you can't get any more any more closer to him than sitting in adoration, unless you're actually receiving him in the Eucharist. Which is actually the next thing I want to say, which is going to mass. 
And yeah. going to a Catholic church, and I always tell all my friends that are non-Catholic, I'm, like, I'm sorry, you guys are not really receiving the Eucharist. You're receiving yeah. this bread that you guys talk about. But I tell them, you know, the most power, the, 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 the most powerful form of prayer is going to mass. And like yeah. you said, the only prayer stronger than adoration is receiving him, becoming one with him. And you can yeah. only do that at mass. 100%. He says clearly in, in John 6, 53, clearly he says, you know, um, if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. So no what is he saying? You know, the only place you can do that is mass. at mass. Yeah. So, you know, that's how he might, he might not, Jesus might not directly tell us, Hey, you got to go to mass, but he's telling but he you that if you don't eat my body, drink my blood, you have no life. Have no life. Okay, how do yeah. I do that? I can only do it through mass. You know, yes. Catholic mass. Yes. Very important. You know, the last thing I want to talk about with prayer is uh, or a form of prayer. A wonderful way is listening to great podcasts like the right to be Catholic podcast or like the salty <laughs> Catholic, right? Those are two great podcasts. They, they really are. They really yeah. are. Yeah, because if you listen to Catholic Avengers, you definitely are not going to pray. I can tell you that right now. No, you might laugh a few <laughs> times. You know what I'm saying? And then <laughs> argue and stuff. But no, actually, I swear, I, I, I actually uh, do love I do love the Catholic. They, Look, I even wore this shirt in your honor, man. It's a Marvel shirt. I see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you're the Hulk. So oh my gosh! The three pillars, right? We, we we talked about a lot of amazing things right now, but you know, I think we should ask ourselves this question during Lent, and we should all ask it, not just to, you know, to the listeners, but yourself and myself. Hey, have we been doing the things that we just talked about? And if we have, has it helped transform ourselves during this Lent? But if 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 we have done it, and it hasn't, right? What's holding you back? What what's causing you not to have that transformation? Or did, because a lot of times we just do these things because I'm Catholic, it's Lent, I have to give up these things. So ask yourself that question. Yeah, yeah uh, I definitely would, you know, just a piece of advice I, I would give to listeners. These, don't do these three pillars because you have to. Do these three pillars because you want to grow closer to Christ. Anything you do in your faith, Sean, you know this, and anything you do in the faith, if you're doing it because you have to, if you're going to church on Sunday because you're scared of going to hell, it's not a reason to go to mass. No, not now, a it's okay to, you know, it, you know, that might push you. Fear of the Lord, yeah. Yeah, you're going to mass to have a relationship with God, to praise, to worship him, to be in communion with the community, to be one with him, to receive him, to hear the word. He said, people say, when people say, why don't I go to church? Most people don't know the right answer, and the answer you give takes people away from church. But if you give them the right answer why they're going to church, people might think twice. So, you know, the, all these things we talked about, I think everything we do in our faith needs to have us grow closer in union with Christ. If they're not, if I'm going to do prayer and Lent and fast for 40 days because I have to, I hate to say it. There's you no might transformation. Have a little, there's no transformation. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. Jeff, brother, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. You know, my pleasure. It's always it's always an honor to speak to you about these uh, topics. You know, um, you know what you're talking about. I will admit that. You know, um, you. It's, it's it, and you said it beautifully. You know, if we don't have that transformation and we're not doing it for the right purposes, 
Yeah. It's emptiness. It's nothing. Yeah. We're just going with the motion. We're not really yeah. doing what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I will, I will say, uh, you know, I said it before, you know, you have an amazing podcast. Everyone, I, I encourage you guys all to listen to the Catholic Avengers, even though Pilar is on it, please listen to it. Uh, <laughs> listen to, listen to the Salty Catholic. And then we have a Im- invitation to sisterhood, correct? Imita- yes. Um, Patrice and Vanessa Garmu and, um, they have and Adora Ibrahim, so they have a great podcast. You know, yeah, all, all, all for women, Correct. but they're all good, all great information. I, I don't like to say this podcast is for these particular people. They all got right. great info, and you can take something out of every podcast, even Ennis's. Believe it or not, I mean, you know, even Ennis, Gazila, yeah, yeah, even Ennis. No, <laughs> you're 100 right. You know, um, the closing, the, the closing uh, quote I have actually comes from. Your favorite saints, so in honor of you, I picked it yes, from Saint, pa- Saint Padre Pio. He yeah. said, "Jesus tells me that in love it is He who delights me; in suffering, on the other hand, it is I who delight Him." What an wow. amazing way to tie so into what we were talking about. Yeah, so, so powerful. Always. So I will leave you guys with all. I will leave you all with this. What will you do after Easter? We talked about it. Will you go back your old ways or has Lent transformed you into the new person you want to be? You guys, I thank you all for listening. Please pray for me because I'll be praying for all of you guys. Uh, I love you all. God bless. And remember to go forth because you have the right to be Catholic. Thank you and God bless. You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.